Tonight, we are joined by Gina Rinali. Gina is the author of nearly 20 novels and novellas of horror and bizarro fiction. Her works include Suicide Girls in the Afterlife, Machine Smile, Witch Blaze, a whole cavalcade of other awesome books, and most recently, Swarm of Flying Eyeballs. Gina kicks ass, and we are super excited that she could join us this week. Let's listen in. Hello, listener, and welcome to your new 18th favorite podcast, right ahead of Brent Kelly's daily list of people who should have to dig their own grave at gunpoint. It's Destroy the Files with Kate and Brent. This is a podcast we should probably just delete shortly after we record it, and we're the only limit. It's your imagination, Gina. Hi, I'm Kate, writer, editor, expert, dishwasher. I'm Brent, story writer, beer enjoyer, stunted man-child. Gina, sicky, uh, writer and insomnia. Welcome, Gina Rinelli. Thank you. Thanks for asking me, guys. Well, you know, you were at the top of the list of uh, people that we wanted to bring on um, when we started spitballing this podcast. Gina, I've been a fan of yours since I first discovered that there was such a, a genre as Bizarro. This was back in 2005 or 2006, I want to say. And I had just mm-hmm. read Vacation by Jeremy Shipp. And oh, right. Okay. So then I started reading all kinds of um, bizarre stuff. And I got my hands on a book called 13 Thorns that was a short story collection of yours. And I immediately loved it. It's like, son of a bitch. This is the kind of stuff that I wish I could write. Oh, well, thank you. That was a fun one. It was I'm a home. lot of work. I, I got a copy right here. It's underneath these, the stack of newspapers on top of the, the electric bug swatter. There. Oh, oh wow. That, yeah. that thing is actually worth quite a bit now. Really? If you were like to try to find that, it's it's been out of print for a really long time. And so, yeah. With they sell it for ridiculous prices. Oh, really? Yeah. With illustrations by a young man named Gus Fink. Super, mm-hmm. super creepy illustrations. Yep. Pretty simplistic stuff. So, what's been on your mind, Brent? I went, went camping last weekend. That's That's been. I, d- I did come up with, I did write down a short little camping update while I was in the tent to, to share. Camping, huh? That's it's, it's, like being outside and then sleeping there. And you can drink while you do it, it turns out. I, a lot of people don't realize, but you can. Are you a camper, Gina? Well, not for a really long time. I used to love camping. I would still love camping, but yeah, my partner just does isn't into it. So I haven't gone for a really long time, but yeah. How about love- you? I love the outdoors. I just don't want to get any on me. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite things is just drinking by a campfire, though. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. Unless you do like I did on Saturday and, and drink. Uh, I, I est- estimated about one and a half too many. Uh, <laughs> how that math worked out for me. But so, you know, some of the things, some of the highlights or lowlights, depending uh, of the weekend, were uh, I crashed the drone. Uh, my boss's drone uh, flying it near the beach, taking pictures of the kids splashing around, and, and it just started flying to the left. <laughs> it didn't stop until it hit those trees at the water's edge, uh, right next to those guys that were working on that dock. I rigged up my <laughs> fishing pole. I got some, some, some lures shipped in direct from China. Probably could have just got those right down at the local bait and tackle store next to where I work. Were they still alive all the way from China? No, no. These were just like silicone little minnows that I stuck with. Yeah. 
a weedless hook through and uh, anyway, uh, talked to my mom while I was hooking up my fishing poles and, and just telling her about all the books that I am not writing. She's like, wow, that sounds really good. I'm like, no, no, this next one sounds even better. She's very supportive. <laughs> Played uh, some some games like bocce ball and beersby was the revel re revelation. I, I got to get get playing that beersby on a regular basis. Uh, um, How does beersby get played? Oh, you got like this. You pound a stake into the ground, like leave like six inches of it up. You're gonna put a PVC pipe on top of that, so it's like standing straight up about six feet. A little platform at the top where you put a beer bottle. You can do a can, whatever. But they had bottles up there that they duct taped so that they wouldn't like shatter and stuff. And then you're throwing a frisbee down at the other end and you're trying to knock their bottle off or hit the hit the pipe. But you gotta have a, a, a drink in your hand and you can't you can't set it down. You gotta be one handed for their drink. And it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, Who were you with? My uh my my parents, my brother and, and his wife and daughter and some of their friends and my wife and son, of course, were, were with. They, they sleep in the camper. We have a little camper. And I sleep cool. in, a, in a tent outside because I'm, uh, I don't know what the phrase was, irresponsible alcoholic. I don't know what it was. But um, <laughs> basically, uh, I make too much noise and I move around too much to be sharing a, a small sleeping quarter like that. It works out pretty good. I, nice. Yeah. yeah, so I can get get up in the middle of the night, stumble out, and then do one of my favorite things. Like right here, I got to do some of this. Just drunk and wandering, standing motionless in the playground in the dark. And there's one of those like little little squirrel things that you go. You know, the kids like sit on this big metal hunk on a big spring, and they go bouncing back and forth. Oh, oh, that's fun. But so <laughs> like, I think on a moonless night, it's a little windy, and just just to have a shadowy bald-headed figure just just swaying silently next to that thing yeah, <laughs> yeah that's just the thing um, wow i woke to a circle of stones around my tent with uh, strange symbols painted on them and what looked like blood but probably wasn't whatever um <laughs> a lot of times a lot of times no matter, no matter what part of the state it ends up being a circle of stones around my bed with weird symbols it's strange yeah oh you get used to it, I guess. Was there um, any, anything painted on your your own body? Because I, that's happened to me before. Hmm, I I didn't I didn't think to look. I probably There's should. There's got to be more to that story. <laughs> one would think, but like I said, one and a half too many white claws down next to the campfire. Uh, and then then there was the the baby deer, the two fawns who had trampled their mother to death and then ate out her eyes and tongue. That was. Yeah, those things are vicious, aren't they? Nature, it's, you know, yeah. the way nature is. Children, it's just children. You got to watch out yeah. for. Them. <laughs> yeah. Face. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Next thing they're they smoking. Go, they go for those soft spots. <laughs> then uh, the most the most adorable thing of the whole weekend, my my big bro, he asked me, "What was that sound? Is that coyotes?" I said, "No, man, that's that's a loon." Uh, <laughs> I gave him a big old hug and a noogie. I said, "Oh, you." <laughs> what's uh, what, what's been uh, on your mind, Gina? Lots of sneezing today. I think I mentioned. <laughs> Prior to that, um, I'm just doing like, you know, locked in the house and slowly going insane. So I decided I noticed um, you have some tattoos. Oh. Yes, yeah, so I've just decided to start giving myself tattoos. 
awesome. Which I haven't done since I was, you know, probably like 15 years old. What designs <laughs> did you um did you go with? So far, I'm just uh, I've given myself a rune. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So working on that one, but yeah, I have a. I'm I'm not a good artist at all, so I cannot even draw a straight line. So it's taken me a long time to just just design the next one, but it's it's going to be a little bit more complicated, and we'll see how it goes. You know, if it comes out well, I might post pictures of it, but chances are I'll probably just have to get it get it covered up at some future date. That was so, the very first question. I could screen cap this right now. That was the very first question because I saw you had tweeted something about that, Gina. Uh, have you oh, yeah. ever given yourself a tattoo? <laughs> yeah, as a matter of fact, I have. So <laughs> I have never gotten a tattoo. I always thought that I would if I ever was um, free of the danger of ever working again. I would tattoo my hands and my face, but I chickened out. So oh, yeah? does, does it hurt? It doesn't, no. No, it does. Don't listen to him. It does. <laughs> Just well, the 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 least painful place you can get it is on your ribs, right on your side. So I would start there. Just get a big or, one on your or ribs. Perhaps the genitals. You know, that's <laughs> not soles of your feet. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Yep. Hmm. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I really wouldn't advise the face, though, Kate. No, because <laughs> that will absolutely make sure that you never get a job in an office. That's true. I think in a lot of states, well, it used to be true anyways, that if um, if you had a tattooed face, you know, even if it was just a, a really small tattoo, you would could get disability uh, because they would, they said you were mentally ill. You really? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's still true, but it used to be. I know a lot of people with face tattoos now. And Do you? Wow. Some of them are mentally ill, to be honest. Or... Mm -hmm have a strong possibility like maybe right. undiagnosed but do you mm -hmm. do you ladies remember when on uh, Pirates of the Caribbean when that one guy uh Jason Priestley or whoever got the got the tattoo or he, it was just paint but uh Jack Captain Jack Sparrows had the the paint of the eyes going down his face oh that yeah that awesome. that's right yeah wasn't he tripping too though he was like on mushrooms or something yeah, or was probably. he just drunk well <laughs> He was he was sort of the the god of the the tribe, and they were gonna kill him and eat oh, him. So yeah, that's right. Yep. Okay. So, it has um, been a long time. You haven't uh, tattooed eyes on your face yet. Why is that? I got around to it. Oh, all right. It's on the list, though, right? Yeah. Some someday. You know, someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course. Some everybody knows. Someday it never comes. You got to make time now. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You only go around once, buddy. Other questions that I have for you, Gina. One of them. Okay. This is this is my favorite one. I love asking this because I think somebody. I think everybody has has like a, a cool answer for this. Was there a movie that messed you up when you were little? Um, you mean like besides the, like The Exorcist or something like that, or just just in general? Because they're all horror movies. All of the movies that messed me up were. Sure. I was way too young to be watching. So like Black Sabbath was scary. And, <laughs> like burnt offerings really messed up my head. <laughs> okay, go on. What happened in have you guys seen this? Have you guys seen I this? Haven't. No. No, you haven't seen which one? Burnt offerings? 
uh, burnt offerings I have not seen. Is there people getting set on fire would be my guess? Um, no, actually. But oh. it has Bet it has Betty Davis in it. It's um Oliver Reed and Karen Black. It's it's oh. a pretty well known movie. But uh yeah, there's I, I'm not sure how old I was, but I was too young and it was really scary. And yeah, <laughs> I'm sure now I would laugh at it, but that is definitely a movie that messed me up. My um, grown adult daughter has told me that she was too young to watch The Howling when I let her watch it at six. And then... <laughs> <laughs> Kids got to learn. Yeah. Baptism um, by fire. Little werewolf, what's it gonna hurt? I don't know how old I was when when I saw Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, but yeah, I was pretty sure they they really had to kill a guy to make that. Like, there's no way you could fake that. Everything else, uh, yeah, I get how they, but that one guy that they ripped his heart out and lowered him into the lava, like he he really died. Was he, like, did he know? Was he sick and did he <laughs> did he agree to it or was it like, you know, surprise? Now you're dead. And he's like, ah. That stuck with me. And I couldn't ask my parents about it because then they're going to be like, no, you can't watch movies like that anymore. And I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't want to wreck that. Mm. You know, what's something especially strange or peculiar that you witnessed firsthand? Um, hmm. Good or bad? Or just generally peculiar? Oh, oh and for so both. Yeah. Oh, one time I watched a guy get stabbed to death. Oh, it's not. Yeah, that's a not good thing. <laughs> Where did uh, that happen? This happened in um, downtown Boston in the middle of the night. One night, some me and some friends were just hanging out, and you know, we were teenagers, and uh, we just saw a, a fight break out, and uh, it looked like a guy, like from a, we were from a distance, and just looked like this guy was uh, just sort of pounced on this other guy and we thought he was punching him while he was on top of him but he was actually stabbing him oh yeah it was so was it it knife or bottle it was a knife yeah oh oh man yeah very messy very unfortunate so that was definitely an unpleasant thing boston sounds like a rough place yeah, it it can be, or it was at that time anymore. I live on the uh, on the uh, west coast now. So, were you yep. originally from Boston? Yep, that's where I was born and raised. Oh, yeah, I lived in Cape Cod for a while as a kid. That was fun. My dad was yeah. in the Air Force there. Cape Cod's really nice. Yeah, it's fun, mm. but you know that's not Boston. Same state though. Yep, that's where the rich people live. Oh. <laughs> yeah, look at Kate. She's so rich. She has two monocles these days. That's wow. right. One for each eye. <laughs> and my bag of money I carry with me everywhere I go. Always smoking that <laughs> pipe with the cigarette holder. Right? You got to like tip the peons, make sure they shine my shoes. Do you know where you as a child in school were you did you get in trouble much or were you um above the fray hmm um i got in trouble a lot actually that's i think that's why i became a writer is because i was always being sent to my bedroom and i wasn't allowed to have a television i wasn't you know part of punishment is you can't listen to your 
stereo you literally just pretty much have to sit there <laughs> so mm -hmm. i i decided to entertain myself by writing stories so i was either reading or writing what um what type of things did you do to get yourself in trouble was it like smart mouth things or they, yeah they, it was uh, yeah i had a bit of a smart mouth i not that shows or anything <laughs> <laughs> well that's good i've grown up just to guess but yeah i would um you know i was not a good student so i'd get punished for that and all kinds of stuff i was i was really not that bad of a kid but you know nevertheless i found myself in, myself in trouble quite a bit sometimes younger siblings just need you know the old knuckle sandwich or whatever right <laughs> and sometimes your older siblings do too i've found <laughs> to this day that's right exactly getting up early and going to crossfit just stay your ass in bed like a normal person bro see where you get um gina once yeah. in a while, I'll see a tweet from you about insomnia, and you mentioned that very topic earlier in this very podcast. Right. Um, what is what is insomnia like for you? Like, do you get like hallucinatory stuff? Um, kind of. It depends on how bad it is. If I've been awake for days, which has happened, I can like start to get sort of auditory hallucinations to some degree. But luckily, that doesn't happen that often. Um, mostly it's, you know, I haven't slept for, I don't know, like 24 hours or something like that, 18, whatever. And, um, uh, I get a lot of really great ideas for stories at that time. Sort wow. of like it, it opens your brain or something to let, mm. I don't know, I guess it's probably like doing acid or something to some degree. Just opens up your imagination for me anyways. That makes sense to me. I once slept through the fire department coming to my house to put out a fire in my car. Oh my gosh. Wow. So, um, yeah, I sleep pretty sound. I, I've never uh, experienced that. I'm really glad because it sounds just awful, the insomnia. Mm. Except for, you know, the creative burst of inspiration. That part doesn't sound too bad. I used to get, um, started when I was about 15, but pretty rarely. And then kind of frequency like increased as I got out of school and into college. But I, I got the, uh, the old hypnagogic, hypnagogic, whatever hallucinations with sleep paralysis. So there would be like, like my roommates, like, uh, I'm imagining that my roommates have like are all pouncing on me and they got like car, uh, cigarette lighters from a car and they're like, burning me to make me leopard boy they called me and then they wanted to pound a nail into my throat so that but you can feel all this and and you can hear it and you can smell it and and um see a lot of it to a degree and then at the end of it, it always like for me felt like like just having my head like in a paint shaker was kind of how, how it always uh resolved and then you know after a little while you can move again and uh, anyway so wow when when i would when this stuff would be happening i would keep a, a a sketchbook next to the bed and i couldn't tell you how many of them made it into actual stories that i've written but i'll say a fair number of those episodes have made it into actual stories that i've written and you kate have published wow that explains a lot uh, you know 
explains a little. <laughs> yeah, I use my dreams a lot in stories. Like sometimes I'll dream um, t titles. I'll just wake up with a title or That's have dreamt funny. that I that I wrote a story with this title and with no actual idea what the story was about, but I'll have this title in. I've often used the titles. Got to keep that notebook nearby. So as writers and readers, have you ever had the dream where you're reading and it's really good, but you can't, you don't really know what you were reading, but the, have you had that dream? Mm, you just I, I, I don't think I've, I don't have, haven't had that one. I had a dream that just the stuff that was happening, and I was just, I was just standing back and just watching and taking it all in. I'm like, this is, this is so fucked up. This is this is amazing. I couldn't write something this this jacked up and and crazy if if I if I spent you know a hundred years that trying. That's your life now. So I, you know, I'm just blown away at the sheer strangeness and novelty of it all. And I wake up and I'm just like sitting there in bed in the dark and like, man, I wish I could write something that good. And this <laughs> is this is one of those uh, episodes, Gina, where where I'm just kind of rambling to dwindling pointlessness but make a long story short totally forgot what it was about didn't write, write it down. yeah great anecdote another home run for <laughs> bmk <laughs> <laughs> gotta write it down my son has a, a story that he's been working on about heat guy i think it's heat guy and cooler girl oh and wow they're gonna fight Mudzilla. Yeah, and I bet they're gonna fight. What are you suggesting that that, that my young child is is writing some sort of a, a cyborg erotica? It's coming. Nope. It'll be there soon <laughs> enough. I would totally read that. Would too. Yeah, right? I hope he finishes. You know. How old is know. he? He's he's eight. I'll let him know. Hey, buddy, you got you got three readers right here. You know, you finish it up. We'll give you some Absolutely. notes. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gina, did you watch cartoons when you were a kid? Of course. What were your favorites? Well, probably Scooby was definitely up there. Uh, yeah. Um, Zoinks. Looney Tunes. Like, whose blood is that, Scoob? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's a good impression. <laughs> but I, I still like cartoons to this day. Me too. Love me some Adventure Time. And... I just started watching the Rick and Morty from the beginning. Oh, oh no kidding! How how is that? I haven't seen that. Really good. That's very um, it's very smart, and also dark. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's sounds delightful. right up my alley. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. I'm sorry. We I I do have to get uh drop a couple of sponsor reads in here. So let me let me just get one out of the way real quick. This portion of the podcast is sponsored by some strange black seeds you found. Just plant them in a secret garden and watch them grow with minimal care into plants that match no known species. For added security in these frightening times, just smoke the plant's leaves to ward off the monstrous murder mare that haunts your town. That's black seeds for your family. Oh dear. <laughs> Welcome. So nice that we've got a new sponsor. Yeah. yeah. Got our family's best <laughs> interest in mind, too. That's a terrific idea. <laughs> I just read your story, Bl The Black Seeds, last night. 
as a matter of fact, Gina. That was, that's oh. always been, I think that was my favorite out of that book. Cool. I picked it up in a long time. So I'm going to, I, I forgot all about Mr. Shadows. I get a, I know I remember really liking that one. So I have to sit down in the hammock this weekend. You could probably school me on that book because it's so old. And I'm, I'm one of those people who never rereads what I've written. Like once I'm done with that last pass, it's, I never look at it again. So people will often talk to me about stories and I'm, did that really happen? Hmm. <laughs> I have no clue. But yeah, I'm glad I, you enjoyed it. I try not to read a lot of mine either, um, unless I'm trying to write a a sequel and uh, mm-hmm. try and remember what the hell happened. But yeah, because I'm gonna find that I don't I don't like the way a sentence is put together. I'd be like, mm-hmm. me and Kate sat together and read this whole goddamn thing back and forth out loud, and we let this sentence fly through. Like, no. And then that's going to be, <laughs> then every sentence is going to have to come apart. And mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm better off just moving on. Right. Yeah. What is that expression that uh, perfection is the enemy of progress or something mm-hmm. along those lines? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of people out there who work on the same thing over and over. I know I would if I uh, just put it down and start on something new. Right. Uh, yeah, you just can't uh, live in it forever. So I've been doing a little thinking about, well, I know we're not really supposed to talk about the current events, but like some people are not, uh, do not have the jobs like in the Great Depression. And much like the Great Depression, I suspect soon we'll, we'll see a wave of um, scammers and fraudsters and hoodwinkers come into play. And so I did a little historical research to, um, to see uh, if we could get any tips in case we find ourselves out of a job and need to do some hood Some scamming, sure. Right? Yeah. So um, as I have mentioned in previous episodes, I am sadly ill-equipped for a life of criming. Um, I, um, I get the urge to turn myself in for jaywalking and pretty much stop for the yellow lights but dreamers can dream well right so although i do read those um articles do you ever see like i don't know what site they're on buzzfeed or whatever how do narcissists manipulate and gaslight you like Mm -hmm. i I always check those um those articles for tips because why did the sociopaths get to do all the gaslighting that's not right (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I came across the tale of Cassie Chadwick um, back in the Gilded Age, which was um, from about 1870 to 1900. So that was after the um, Civil War, but before, I guess, the Roaring Twenties and the Flappers and all. So um, Deadwood time. It was, did you see that show, Deadwood? I wish I lived there. I I was aware of Deadwood. Um, Man, you got to go watch it right now. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Really? We better better get on that. Okay, I can I can stream it up up through uh, Zoom here, and we can (laughs) maybe (laughs) talk about it while we're watching it. (laughs) 
But anyway, during this time, the Gilded Age, women couldn't vote, get loans, or cut their hair in any kind of reasonable way. And they had to wear like weird poofy dresses with corsets and bustles and shoes that had buttons. And um, if I had to do all that every morning, I would be so late for any job I ever had. I don't even know what kind of job I could have had back then because like teachers and you know how I feel about children, right? Could have been a door-to-door shoe buckler. <laughs> I could have um, been a shop clerk or whatever a scullery is. But... <laughs> a, a milliner? A milliner. Yeah. <laughs> but if I had to dress up like that, I would, I would have been late. Because like, if I have to put on a t-shirt and like my shoes have laces, I'm going to be late. Yeah. All that dressing, that's too much. I probably would have like disguised myself as a, as a dude and joined the military or something. Yeah, I would have disguised myself as a lady and gone and been a toad wench down by the creek. There you go. <laughs> Everyone's got the right job for them. You just got to look for it. So um, Cassie was born on a farm in Ontario, Canada, but she wasn't cut out for the farm work. So she moved to Cleveland, Ohio to live with her married sister. And I can imagine that this relationship was a little bit strained um, because Cassie sold all her furniture to get enough money to set herself up in an office as a, not an office, like a clairvoyant shop there in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't, I don't think these two sisters had the greatest of relationships because if my sister sold all my furniture, holy shit, I would just beat the crap out of her. I hope she's listening. Don't sell my furniture. Yeah, you stay away from Kathy's furniture. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Nobody calls me that anymore. Don't even talk about it. The Davenport. <laughs> So in this line of work as a clairvoyant, Cassie um, managed to meet and marry a uh, couple of husbands, and she cleaned out their bank accounts and signed them up for all kind of loans that they wouldn't give to women, because I think they deserved it, those banks. Who can blame her? Right? How can you live with that? I, I'm just, it must have been hard. But um, before long, her, um, her two now ex-husbands got together with her sister. <laughs> Imagine this coffee meeting, right? <laughs> <laughs> and they all together, they pressed charges. Um, and I'm guessing that maybe she took more than just furniture from her sister. Um, because <laughs> sisters are like that. Well... Cassie had to spend a little time in prison for fraud, but when she got out, she turned over a new leaf and she opened a brothel. Nice. On her way now. Here, she met husband number three, who was a rich doctor. And um, for Cassie, this was a big score. She moved into Millionaire's Row in Cleveland and had a good time outspending the Rockefellers and the other rich folks who lived there whose names I didn't recognize. 
And so the ladies thought she was a real odd duck who was trying too hard because we all know that type. We Richies do. Um, <laughs> but um, Cassie just didn't care what they thought. She had a bigger fish to scam. So on a trip to New York, she asked her husband's lawyer to take her to Andrew Carnegie's house. And the lawyer waits outside while she goes in and she returns after a spell, as they used to say, and showed the lawyer a check for $2 million signed by Andrew Carnegie. Son of a bitch, I knew it. Right? <laughs> so, and the lawyer didn't think this was in any way suspicious and that she wasn't in, inside there chatting up the housekeeper to make it look like she'd been talking to, the, uh, to Andy. He drove her back to uh, Cleveland, and on the way home, she told him her secret, that she was the illegitimate daughter of Andrew Carnegie. Of course, the lawyer didn't want to bring that up because that would embarrass the guy. So he just went along. And when they got back to town in Cleveland, he helped her use that check to um, take out millions of dollars in loans. And she bought some diamonds and threw some parties and made all those ladies on Millionaire's Row look really uh, shabby in her wake. And uh, she had a grand old time. And all good fun must come to an end. So one of the uh, bankers decided to check with Mr. Carnegie. And it turns out he had never heard of Cassie. Shocking, I know. And uh, the doctor husband took the next boat to Europe as fast as he could, um, leaving town before anybody could uh, talk to him about uh, how crazy his wife had been. He divorced her on the way out. So poor Cassie got uh, sent back to prison, and that's where she eventually died. So um, that's not a bad life, right? Definitely not. No. Some of, some of our, our country's greatest leaders this very day are going to die in prison. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that is true. So, um, which uh, rich oligarchy um, would you like to, Brent and, and Gina, like to um, pretend to be a member of? Hmm, that is a tough question. Um, Uncle Phil and Aunt Vivian from Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, nice. <laughs> I could have my friend Jazz over, and, you know, he doesn't really get on so well with Uncle Phil, but, you know, they, they handle their dis disagreements in their own way. Yeah. Hmm. I really just want to be Arya Stark when I grow up. Right? Oh, she was so awesome. She is such a little badass. You, you remember when she stabbed that one dude in the throat, like, all slow? That was awesome. <laughs> Yeah, how did she do that? Of course, being a Targaryen wouldn't be too shabby either. No, but not the one who got um, drowned in gold, like that guy. That's no well, way to go. He had it coming, though. That guy really did, had but it coming. couldn't he just, like, <laughs> drown him in water? Because like, <laughs> that's got to hurt, that hot gold stuff. Well, he was yeah. money hungry. Hmm. And I, I, bet, I bet before before the end, he was kind of just like, 
you know, <laughs> this was, this was always going to happen somewhere in the back of my mind. I, I knew that it was going to end like this, you know? Yep. How about you, Kate? Oh, um, huh. Seems like I should have probably thought about that in advance. Oh, I know. You, you want to be a, a Kardashian, right? <laughs> no, that's not really for me. I don't think. I think maybe one of those Russian families that own every damn thing on earth and nobody really knows who they are, but they're all over the world and they're, yeah, maybe like Putin's uncle's family. I could be like one of those. The Russians are awesome. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like Out Russian history is amazing. It's all full of um, deceit and, and intrigue and fascinating things and passion and... And murder. 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 <laughs> well, I thought um, as far as Game of Thrones goes, I I liked the... Oh, what was the family down at Sunspear? You know, the Viper came up with with his little entourage. Oh, oh. the Sand Snakes, those people? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. the, yeah, I, I, I really I really liked the that was that was my favorite um kind of city state of the of Westeros. Mm -hmm. What they had going on down there. Which one was it again? Dorn, yeah. Oh, okay. The sunny, uh, the sunny part of the world. Yeah, and then you know the, his only problem was he's a little too much of a showboat. Otherwise, otherwise he would have been fine. The whole, the whole Seven Kingdoms would have been fine. <laughs> you know, one thing that did catch my attention was our mutual friend Jessica McHugh had shared this on the Facebook, an article with the headline. Mountain goats addicted to human urine to be evacuated or shot at Olympic National Park. <laughs> Don't shoot them. Well, <laughs> it's not up to me, Gina. <laughs> <laughs> so they have a greater salt demand. Their diet needs more salt in it than they're getting out of the uh, the plant life in the park. So. They're licking it off, licking sweat off people, or you know somebody pees in the woods. They're like, okay, it's nice and salty. Let me just paw at this dirt for a little bit, and then, and then also, um, force the uh, person. I, I I guess I'm reading between the lines on this article, but forcing the person at at a goat horn point to I guess pee in their mouth. I don't know. I don't know. Wow! But here's a picture of some a couple of goats being airlifted. They got little harnesses. Oh, look! <laughs> they got little masks on their face. Oh, they're having the time of their lives, just flying through the air, thinking about pee. <laughs> so that was on uh, allthat'sinteresting.com, and I was like, "Wow! Certainly, they've got more articles here that would catch my attention than just that." And they did. So the well, only other where are the Olympics going to be this summer? Oh, they're probably not, are they? Um, this is that's that's like Olympic Park, Washington, or something maybe. Olympic National Park. So it's not like the park where the Olympics are going to be, which I thought I thought it I thought it was when I read when I read it too. So, uh, but Olympic National Park, and then so the other one that I found there, 
porn star arrested for manslaughter after a man died at his psychedelic toad ritual. Wow. That's got to be an uncomfortable thing to wake up to. And, you know, it's shit like this. You, you, know, you, you listen to the news, and it's all coronavirus. And, and you know, what kind of crazy shit Trump tweeted? Or Matt Gates talking about his, his, uh, his little Cuban boy that he adopted named Nestor, who's clearly an adult. <laughs> I was just talking about that earlier too. But but come on, news, you know, there's a porn star who's been arrested for manslaughter after a man died at his psychedelic toad ritual, and I had to come to all his interesting dot com to fucking find out about it. There's something wrong with this world today. Do you ever lick a toad? I have not. No, nope, I don't think it either. really works. I, I don't believe it until I see it for myself. I think this is just a um a wives' tale. I disagree. I know somebody, and you know this person too, who could vouch for it. I'm not talking about porn star Nacho Vidal from Spain, who was the uh, apparent host of, the, but the Sonoran Desert Toad uh, produces. Five meo DMT and that dimethyltryptamine case. Then we get right on top of you. Mm-hmm. All right. Not that I know. <laughs> hey, it was on the X Files once, so I believe it. Oh, Joe Rogan had a whole documentary about it. Who did? Joe Rogan had. Um, oh, Joe his, Rogan. Okay. Yeah. He well, he was he was part of the documentary DMT: The Spirit Molecule, which I watched, and then. I um I use I was a uh, very interested in the writings and lectures of a gentleman named Terence McKenna who's no longer with us. He had a lot to say about DMT and as well as oh there's a moth. Okay, I think I scared it away. Anyways, um, Jeannie, you were saying what was I saying about the X Files? Yeah. Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to um, start that from the very beginning and watch every episode. Mm-hmm. And I found that I, um, I enjoyed it, yes, I did, but it could have aged a little better. Or the oh, early yeah. ones. The later mm-hmm. ones were really good. But like the first season, it took them a minute to, um, to hit their stride. Oh, yeah, it definitely did, for sure. But uh, the TV shows, they don't... They don't, you don't get that kind of chance anymore. They let the X-Files slide for probably like three years before it got good. But nowadays, you, you have a few episodes to prove yourself. And if not, you're getting the axe. The old chopping block, which is a shame. When, um, when I was a kid, my dad used to watch the Hawaii Five-0. And I uh-huh. thought, oh, from my childhood, here it is on YouTube. I'll just watch it. Oh my God. How did people sit in, in their living room in their big flipper chairs and just, <laughs> man, that stuff is boring. I had a similar experience with the Smurfs when we first had our son, you know, got the cartoon channel that had all the old cartoons. And I was like, oh, this is great. He's going to love this just the same way that I did. And like, I remember being little and be like, you wake up and it's like, Oh no, it's, it's, it's already 
you know, 6.59, if I'm not downstairs in one minute, I'm going to miss the beginning of this. I'm going to miss the song at the beginning. And you got to run downstairs. And then I watched it as a grown-up. And I was like, man, there's nothing here. This is so painfully bad. But it was it was the best we had. God damn it! No, nobody could have nobody could have you know spent a little time and got us something worth having on. It's like ah, just put some blue characters running around, give them weird voices, and the kids will leave mommy and daddy to sleep off their hangovers a little longer or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That made it sound like my parents were drinkers. <laughs> That was not my intention. My parents weren't, weren't, they were, they were more likely to be out cutting wood. And why aren't you out cutting wood with us? Wow. Well, I guess the Smurfs are probably better than, you know, here's a can for you, kid. Go kick it. <laughs> so one thing that's horrifying, if, if you can, if you get the child de- developmental programming uh, station, it's, it's just absolutely the stuff of nightmares. There's like, the the bopalots I think they're called is one of them, and they they're like in this empty white expanse, and they're wearing these like uh, weird, not quite Barney, but they're these weird characters, sort of like Barney, and they're just in the like one will be standing next to a mailbox, and the other one will come up with like a mailman hat on, and they're doop do do, and they get over there, and they don't talk, they just kind of gesture wildly and give them a letter, and oh geez, and then then they just both start dancing like crazy. It's insane. It's like, am I on drugs? But yeah, you are. And and why is this okay to show to children? <laughs> I, I don't. I I never could figure it out. So my little guy, yeah, we always just put on Wings or Becker, and Cheers, you know, stuff like that. Makes sense. None of that weird dancing around in an empty void shit. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, Don't Hug Me, I'm Scared? No. Oh, man. You have to look that up on YouTube. I'm going to write that down because that sounds promising. It's so weird and bizarre and creepy and, yeah. Is it live action or, like, animated? It's, it's, um, It's like people in costumes. It's kind of like a Muppet, sort of. Hmm. You have to see it, I guess, but... Yeah, it's very bizarre. Okay, have you have you seen have you have you watched Salad Fingers? Yes. Okay. Salad Fingers. Salad Fingers. <laughs> I love you yeah. too, Kate. It, I know <laughs> <laughs> how I can get up in the morning. <laughs> uh, this portion of the podcast is brought to you by Gutsper Mattress. You haven't experienced sleep until you've slept on a mattress stuffed with entrails. Gutsper's zone-sensitive organs are guaranteed to provide the deep, restful sleep that so many are missing. Where do we get our entrails? Well, Gutsper Mattress only uses entrails sourced in the U.S. of A. So throw out your old stinky bed and get yourself a Gutsper Mattress. And don't forget to check out the all-new Gutsper Pillow. I mean, it's, it's not as prestigious as Casper. Well, I shouldn't say that. They're our new sponsor. But yeah, I've... Yeah. Finally got a mattress company on board for this for this podcast. I'm excited. We we've been 300 episodes, right? Um, boy, oh, no. this this one is going to be the the big one the big one five right here. Oh, whoa, we're yeah. moving right along. It feels like 300 though. No. <laughs> we we have been 
going strong Gina since the year 2000 and I want to say yeah 2020 you started good for you wow we're really hanging in you got staying staying power I think sweet absolutely I I I didn't second week in a row I didn't do the disclaimer at the beginning I know I'm gonna do that right now if you were at work a child a child at work a bigot a fascist a member of a rival martial arts school a pilot who needs to sleep one off before your next flight, or my own dear sweet mother, it is not recommended that you listen to this podcast. My has fucking swear words in it. I'm going to edit some of the end of that out. <laughs> you want to do sure? it again? <laughs> really, got, really got confrontational at the end. I'm going to have to change the tone on that. I might even re-record that altogether. It's a giant moth flying right in front of my face. The moth stays in. Ow, it's bitey. It's got a stinger. <laughs> It's mom. It's mom is right behind you. Look at that! Look at that monster! Oh, it's trying to deposit its eggs inside me with its ovipositor. Wow! Oh no! I don't have anything. All I have is an index card. Swallow it! (gasps) Do it! Do it! (laughs) No, Mothman. One Five second. Dollars. Now he's looking at me. He's trying to get, he's begging for his life. I'm just going to throw it outside real quick. The door's right here. <laughs> Should have swallowed it. I know. <laughs> it great. We, we, could, we could save this video and just uh, put it all over YouTube. Yeah, no kidding. Huh? I'm back. We see Party it. pooper. Oh, got- stop talking about him now. <laughs> Can you see all the moth eggs that are just overposited into my finger? I thought we had a moratorium on that word. Uh, only as it pertains to sex toys, Kate. <laughs> Actual biological processes you are, I'm pretty sure that, I'm going to check the, the handbook that you sent over, and I'm pretty sure that, that this reference to ovipositors was fell within acceptable specification. I feel, I feel disappointed in myself. I let everybody down. I had. I was by, working on. By a, not swallowing the moth. No, and his face, his face, his little eyes, and his antenna, or, or her. I don't know. And go. Oh, jeez. I guess it was a her if she was trying to overposit me. No, I couldn't with with the the sad eyes. Oh, and the antenna. But I was working on a project for the for for the the mail sack for tonight, and it didn't come to fruition. And hopefully, it will next week. But I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read a quick. The, the setup is I sent this out to McDonald's, to Wendy's, I sent this to Arby's, and I sent this to Burger King. And it goes like this. Hello, I'm emailing with a question. If I were to find a severed human finger or toe in my french fries, what is the procedure for reporting that? Also, what sort of compensation would the restaurant offer me to mitigate my distress and trauma? Thank you for your prompt reply. Sincerely. Kate Jones. <laughs> I haven't heard back. I was hoping all I got back was a form, like a, like a standard. Thanks for contacting McDonald's. Thank you for visiting McDonald's website. Below is your email, which has been submitted to McDonald's customer response center. We're reviewing your email. We'll be replying to your comment or question. Blah, 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 blah. So hopefully by our next episode, we've got some answers to what, these various restaurants will do if we find a human finger or toe in our French fries. Am I going to have to um, present this human finger? Because I could. I got one in a jar, I believe. 
Uh, we'll find out. I mean, I was just I was just trying to 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 get a bit for the for the podcast here, but oh well. Like I said I should have thought of this a couple. Should have thought of this a couple days ago, or like you know whatever. So maybe could have got something out of it. But before we go, I just want to remind our one listener to support independent publishers and authors. Buy their books, leave reviews. What the hell? Give them a read if you want, and especially read books by our dear friend Gina Rinaldi. work with the silence there brent yeah well i I just i want to leave a little like a little quick uh like a little short pause uh because i'm going to do some some uh some like tornado siren sound effects right there kind of apropos nothing but this is why we don't do live shows yeah (laughs) i wasn't even sure if it was going to be live Oh, oh! We should let people know that um, Rena also thought it was going to be live and was nervous. Oh, huh. I wouldn't want to do a live show. No, we screwed up too much. No, you're always going on about the cartel you work for, so I got to take mm-hmm. that shit out. The Russian cartel, no less. Yeah. Oh, we should cut that out. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I think people got to know the real Kate. Kate Jonesovich. <laughs> well, thanks to our special guest, Gina Renali. Hey, thank you. Thank you guys very much. And thank you, listener, for listening to Destroy the Files. I think we all learned a lot uh, about our world and ourselves on tonight's voyage into the imagination. Night, Brent. And I'm Brent. And now it's time to say... Oh, do it over. Man. Oh, do it over. <laughs> that great episode. I'm really proud of what we've accomplished here tonight, lady. Hey, that was fun. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, thanks, Gina. And happy Pride. Yeah, thank you very much. Same to you. And thank you guys a lot. I appreciate it. <laughs>